one of the biggest misnomers or misunderstandings about marketing that people just don't understand. In fact, there's a marketing course that I'm taking because I still try and stay sharp on my marketing. Marketing really is just as much about repelling the wrong people as it is about attracting the right ones. So you want to think about it almost simultaneously as like putting the brakes on the people you don't want while at the same token, you know, giving the green light to the people that you do want coming into your practice, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, one of the biggest misunderstandings that people have with regard to marketing. Welcome to the Marketing Your Practice podcast, where we guide natural health and wellness experts through the pitfalls of marketing. Each episode, you'll learn simple, effective, easily actionable, and heart-centered marketing strategies. And here's your host, Angus Pike. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, friends. Welcome to the Marketing Your Practice podcast. I'm here with an old friend, and by old, he's not old. You look at him in a moment, and you'll see how young and handsome he is. Um, but I'm here with the amazing Chad Warner. I'm going to welcome Chad to the show, and then I'm going to tell you guys a little story here. Chad, welcome to the Marketing Your Practice podcast. Hey, thank you so much, my friend. Always a pleasure. Always a good day whenever I get to chat with Angus, man. Uh, I, love, uh, I love hanging out with you. I love chatting with you. So honored to be here with you, my friend. Well, buddy, you're one of the most generous human beings I've ever met, which leads me into the story. I don't, it would be perhaps at least five years ago. Um, yeah. When ClickFunnels was first starting and I'm watching some ClickFunnels uh, videos there as well. And very early on inside of ClickFunnels, Russell is talking about a friend of his um, who's a chiropractor who did this little bits and pieces funnily thing. I can't remember what it was. And so I went into investigator mode. I went, well, Russell, is it Boise where you guys are? Yeah, yeah. Russell's in Boise. And I listened through there. And then at some stage he said, Chad. So I did a search for Boise chiropractor. Chad, he didn't mention your last name. I found you. I reached out with an email and then within minutes you got back to me and within five minutes of that i was having a skype conversation with a guy i'd never met before on the other side of the world and i reckon if i'm not wrong you're probably in bed at the time well yeah, totally. skype chat in there too and you're so generous in sharing your experiences of that stage of how a chiropractor could use a funnel um, at that stage a word that wasn't being used all that much at all to help bring um uh, you know patients into their practice since then, you've helped out in many of the programs that we've recorded. You and I went to a program over in Puerto Rico together. And, buddy, whenever I ask you for something, you just, your answer is always yes. And so, first of all, I want to acknowledge you for that. It's a rare oh, quality. You. So, thank you for being so incredibly generous. Yeah, um, man. I, I, I was looking forward to this conversation with us today, and I want to chat about the opportunities that are presenting for many of us. But before we talk about that, for those of our listeners that might not have heard any of our previous episodes, do you want to give them a little bit of your background story of what you do, what your loves are, your passions, your area of expertise, not only in around practice as well, but some of the other great work that you've done? Sure. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Uh, man, I'm, I'm like blushing here with all the, the outpouring of compliments. I really appreciate it. Um, and uh, the, the feeling is, is mutual, my friend. Uh, hanging out with you and, and getting to know you has just been such a pleasure. And uh, I'm looking forward to the hopefully not too distant future when me and my family can come down and pay you guys a visit down there and hang in Australia. I think that'd be a ton of fun. But um, uh, yeah, so, so my story, you know, honestly, my story is, I think, hopefully a very similar story. And I think that's mainly why I feel the way I do um, 
in terms of wanting to help chiropractors because I've tasted the pain that I think so many have tasted in coming out of school and then realizing that you are coming out unfortunately fairly ill-equipped I to put it lightly in terms of being prepared to run a practice um, they don't teach you anything in terms of running a business in terms of how to really legitimately market a practice and get people through the door and so um, early on in practice I discovered uh, the cold hard truth of not knowing exactly what to do um, within I think it was with uh, literally within six months to a year of opening my own practice I was literally at a crossroads of like, okay, do I throw in the towel? And, uh, and so it literally was about a four year struggle of just like trying to make ends meet for literally four years. I mean, it was painful, painful, painful time. And it was right around that time when I was, uh, again, at a crossroads contemplating just kind of throwing in the towel and moving and just, uh, there was an opportunity elsewhere for me where I could actually just be an employee and work for this big group. And I was, I was contemplating that. And I remember one day um, coming home and literally walked into my house. I'll never forget it. I walked into my, uh, from our garage into our laundry room. It was literally right when I walked into the house, I just started crying. I was like literally just in tears. And I told my wife, I don't want to move. This is our home. Like we, we need to stay here as painful and as awful as this has been. Like I'm not moving. This is my home. And so um, it was right around this time. A couple different things happen at the same time, but one of the main has been a good friend of mine for over a decade, uh, created this brand new software called ClickFunnels. And he's like, hey, this might help you. Do you want to be a beta tester for it? Do you want to try it out in your practice and see? He's like, we can use some people to kind of help work out some of the kinks and some of the bugs in the software. And I was like, sure. So long story short, I figured out how to actually use funnels and it started working. Uh, one of the funnels that we were using was a lunch workshop funnel and it literally transformed my practice uh, almost overnight. I mean, completely changed it. And so that year was a pivotal turning point for us to where all of a sudden we had no problem bringing in really, really high quality new patients into our practice. And it just evolved from there. We started figuring out different funnels and different iterations of that same funnel and improving upon different things. And it was uh, not long thereafter that uh, chiropractors started to take notice and started asking me, well, what are you doing here? And so I started sharing with them and then that evolved into a full blown program uh, called ChiroFunnel Secrets University, which is basically uh, a DIY approach to funnels, showing docs how to build funnels, use funnels, create them, do all, you know, anything and everything to do with funnels and offers. And uh, that grew relatively quickly. And uh, since then, created my own podcast and uh, have been working with chiropractors one way or another um, ever since. So that's the somewhat condensed, not so condensed version of the story. I love it. I'm, I'm interested because the word funnel has now part of the lexicon, certainly in the marketing world. And some of our listeners will be of different levels of understanding inside of that term. Sure. So what is a funnel? Can you kind of simplify the concept of what you see a funnel as? Yeah, the, the, the best way that I describe it, it's, it's don't overcomplicate it. It's a system or process of attracting the right people into your business, whether you're a chiropractor or anything else, um, engaging them and then ultimately converting them so that in the end result, you know, if you had like a funnel, right, up here is the right audience, but even within that right audience, not everybody's going to be either ready to buy or at a place where they even want to buy, or maybe not even the right people for your particular practice. 
and then taking through a series of steps, so to speak, to get them to ultimately what we have at the very tail end are qualified people in your door as new patients really is what it is. And when I say a series of steps so that I can get a little bit more concrete with people. So they're like, that still is very abstract. You know, you have uh, like a website, but like a smart website where uh, you communicate with them via an ad or via email or a text message or any sort of different ways of getting traffic to a page and that page might get them to take a certain step. It might get them to put in name, email, and phone number. And then from there, there's, the, there's another step where they, uh, you know, you provide more information or more value. And then from there, there might be another step or a series of steps. But along the way, again, think about it. You can either think about it horizontally or like a funnel. You know, each step, there's a filtering process that takes place. You know, it might be hypothetically, you know, are you struggling with uh, chronic knee pain, let's say take this survey, right? So there's one kind of filtering step. They take a survey and then the next page is like, okay, now that you've taken that survey, uh, tell us a little bit more about your particular case. You know, they might fill out a form or something like that hypothetically. And then from there you extend some sort of a special offer to them or something like that. I mean, just it, it's simple stuff like that. It's communicating with people, taking them through a process or a system to ultimately get the desired result. And that is not just volume, because that's one of the things that people, one of the biggest misnomers or misunderstandings about marketing that people just don't understand. In fact, there's a marketing course that I'm taking because I still try and stay sharp on my marketing. And this gal was saying, you know, you're not, she's saying, you're not after cheap leads. That's not what you want. She said, because at the end of the day, if they're not the right people, it really isn't cheap in the first place, right? So marketing really is just as much about repelling the wrong people as it is about attracting the right ones. So you want to think about it almost simultaneously as like putting the brakes on the people you don't want while at the same token, you know, giving the green light to the people that you do want coming into your practice, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, one of the biggest misunderstandings that people have with regard to marketing it, chiropractors especially because we're, we're super passionate. We want to help everybody. You know, it's this like, uh, you know, servant's heart, I guess you could say, where it's like, you know, who's your market? Everyone. If they have a spine, they're my market. You know, everyone, come on in, you know. But the truth of the matter is not everyone is. And, mm. and we have to acknowledge that and recognize that. And you, you have to ultimately be the person to determine who is it that we truly want to serve and are best suited to serve and who are the people that maybe were not the best fit and ultimately then start shifting your messaging that way so that it does that. And that's really the most effective marketing you will ever find in your funnels is that type of marketing where it has fil filtering in place, you know, to where the, the people, you know, that, that aren't meant to be there don't come, you know? So does that make sense? It, it's perfect. I think you kind of, that concept of um, repelling the wrong people is one that I think sometimes we misunderstand. And by repelling the wrong people, it doesn't mean that we're um, offensive or rude or arrogant to them. We just, we, you know, we can just give them little hints along the way that describes to them what the right person is. And so in some of my marketing, for instance, Chad, I might say things like, you know, I will let them know that I like to work with people long-term. You know, I'm not one of those quick fix chiropractors. I like to get to the... And so what that little subtle statements like that too is going to repel the person and says, oh, I just want that dude to crack my back and then move on. So we yes. can do this in ways that are really cool and helpful and not arrogant and are not rude and... 
You know, I, I also want to kind of remind our audience, just a couple of things. Like when I'm mowing my lawns and I'm taking the petrol, the fuel, and I'm pouring it into the lawnmower, I use a filter because it helps get more of the petrol into where I want it to be. Right. A funnel is nothing... It, funnels are as old as businesses have been around and they're certainly a lot more sophisticated now. We've, you know, we used to do lots of screenings. And so that funnel started us standing at a local shopping center, meeting yeah. people, checking their posture and inviting them into the practice. And that was a very uh, unsophisticated form of funnel. And <clears throat> as Chad so beautifully articulated, we can get a lot more sophisticated now and there's this push to that many of the funnels now are completely hands off. They're funnels that are happening while we're asleep. The other benefit that I want our audience to understand too is that marketing is all about relationships. And the research would continue to tell us that nowadays to build a relationship, trust online is much lower than it's ever been. And that right. means that we, we need to have more touch points or we need to have more dates with somebody, digital dates with somebody, before it's okay to ask them for marriage or whatever you want to be there too. And you're really the master of that. And I, I would direct people because I'll in the show notes, I'll make sure I have a link back to our previous episode where we dived a little deeper into the kind of funnels that people could use. Um, and I'll link into some of your podcasts and stuff like that too. What, what I particularly was really interested in chatting with you about today is with any opportunity at the moment, you know, we're recording this during the middle of the COVID pandemic still. And you and I both are kind of lemons into lemonades kind of guy. We have the ability to be able to see that there are new opportunities that are coming up. And we talked about beforehand, our news feeds are being flooded with these opportunities, some of which um, really rub you and I up against the wrong way. You know, it's like, man, I, this is not a cool way to be doing about it there too. So what I wanted to chat about today is the abundance of opportunities that are available to us now in this pandemic. What should we be focusing on? What do we need to be wary of with these opportunities? Who might some of these opportunities be great for? And who are they a definite no for? So let me open the floor to you and what's your thoughts on all of that? Yeah, I've got a lot of thoughts. So I'm going to do my best to really try and focus that so I'm not rambling all over the place. But, um, you know, you and I, before we even started this episode, we were just kind of chatting for a second. One of the things that I do see right now, uh, kind of a trend that's happening in the uh, chiropractic slash natural healthcare space is a lot of people talking about uh, virtual um, virtual te telemedicine or virtual practice, you know, and, um, what I'm going to say is probably going to be somewhat polarizing, but I'm going to try and be diplomatic about it because I don't like, uh, ruffling feathers just for the sake of ruffling feathers, but I do feel that it's important to speak up against this, uh, or, or and I shouldn't say against this, but just draw a clear line so that people understand some things. Um, Anytime that there is uncertainty happening and, and that uncertainty be, could, could be from fear, it could be from excitement, it could be for a lot of different things. Anytime things start to shift, what happens, so uh, incredible opportunities that face us. And you'll find, like anything else, you'll find those that, that rise to the challenge or the occasion to really truly help and serve and I'm not talking charitable here. I'm, I'm talking about people who have legitimate solutions 
and, and obviously get paid for that. I'm talking about good old fashioned capitalism here. But then you also have the carpet baggers as well. Um, and, and, and I'm never gonna, you know, uh, point at anybody's motives. It just, you know, docs need to understand that there are predators out there. I mean, basically people that will take advantage and stuff like that. And one of the things that we see in this is that a lot of people who I think, A, aren't qualified to talk about uh, virtual practices and or telemedicine and, uh, are, are doing it. A lot more people are kind of, because that's the new hot topic, number one. But number two, I think even worse than that is the fact that the, the conversation that's being had, the, the, the bigger concern is this conversation that this is now going to be the new standards, the new norm, you know, that telemedicine and virtual practice are somehow, some way going to basically more or less replace uh, your typical traditional practice. And, and, and one of the phrases that has kind of gotten on my nerves and kind of been like nails on a chalkboard is this is now the new normal, right? And, and I get that, but, but what docs need to really truly understand is this is not a permanent new normal. Yes, some things will evolve and change ongoing indefinitely, but there is never going to replace these hands here. Chiropractic uh, has immense stability in terms of its longevity. People will always have musculoskeletal problems. People will always have all sorts of health problems that they will require physical contact with a practitioner. Now, that's not to dismiss or say that there isn't a place for virtual practices or telemedicine, that it doesn't have a place or that there's even, uh, I'm not even suggesting that there isn't opportunity there because I think there is opportunity. What I'm trying to say, and hopefully I can make this point clear, is that I feel like docs will do themselves and their practices a huge disservice by putting all of their eggs in that basket, so to speak. If they focus all of their effort and all of their focus and all of their energy on going virtual at the expense of, well, this isn't working right now, so I'm gonna go all in here. And what, why, what, what's gonna wind up happening, I can tell you this right now, and we'll, we'll, we'll see if I'm right. You know, We can go back and say Chad was wrong 100% or whatnot. But I'm willing to, to bet on it and say that here's what will happen for those practices that go quote unquote all in on virtual and telemedicine and everything, my guess is they will probably, a lot of them will experience some level of success at the beginning because things are in, in chaos, things are in flux. And so you've got a lot more perhaps attention now than normal, just things, are, things aren't normal right now. And so they're gonna, they're gonna you know, potentially experience some success. But the minute that things change, and go back to more of a normal schedule, what's gonna happen is the same constraints on people's time and attention are gonna enter back into their lives like normal. Right now, you know, little Johnny doesn't have his football practice, little Susie doesn't have her ballet practice, and so moms and dads aren't having to run their kids all over the place, you know, and granted, a lot of people are doing homeschooling, and so that's a new constraint on their time and attention, but I would argue that people have a lot more availability with their attention now than they did prior to this. That's my contention. And I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. And so that being said, what I, what I foresee happening is those docs who completely go all in on this are going to realize, like you said before we even got on this, that running an internet business, an online business, has its own set of challenges and problems. It's not this like you know, all the time, sunshine and rainbows. Oh man, why didn't I do this sooner? You know, mm -hmm. um, 
And so, and so what you're going to have then is when things go back to a, a more regular schedule or a more normal schedule, when those, you know, when those regular constraints of, of time and attention and energy uh, re-enter into the, the conversation, all of a sudden it's not going to be so easy. And so then what you're going to have is this new business is, is going to have its own set of challenges. Okay, well, how do I overcome that? And, and for those who want to just double down and go for it, all the best to you, man. You go, go for it. But the problem is I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think most are going to look back at their practice and be like, okay, it's time to get back into practice. But you've neglected this asset that you have there. You haven't been planning and preparing for your rebound strategy. You haven't been uh, effectively nurturing the relationships that you have with your community and with your patient base and all that thing. And so you're going to be caught kind of with your pants down, so to speak. And then all of a sudden you're going to have to figure out a strategy of how you're going to recover. And it's going to, you're going to find that you kind of in some respects shot yourself in the foot, so to speak. Now, that being said, I don't want to sound totally pessimistic. The advice that I've been giving to docs, and it may not sound nearly as sexy or exciting as starting a new online business. And I'm not suggesting that you shouldn't do that. And we can talk about that too. Uh, but the best thing you could do with your time right now is to prepare and plan your rebound strategy. Um, and I can get specific with that. It, it's, and again, it's not terribly complicated. It's figuring out effective ways of communicating in a meaningful way to the existing relationships that you do have with your patients, really nurturing and strengthening those relationships by communicating with them. That could be through regular emails weekly that you send out to them. That could be doing Facebook lives, communicating with them. That could be text messages that you're sending out to them. Uh, that could be creating some sort of uh, a, a, your own podcast or uh, video content that you're creating. I know you have a, a course teaching docs how to create high quality video content, but you've got time on your hands now. So if you, if you do it strategically, you'll have more than enough time to simultaneously be preparing that rebound strategy entering into, uh, you know, when things kind of get back to uh, a, a regular pace and, and back to a normal kind of schedule and flow. But then I would argue too, if you're strategic about it, you can simultaneously have the time to also engage in some of these other online strategies and activities or even an online business uh, doing that. Um, and so that, that would be the, the, the best advice that I could give to docs right now. Uh, and, and that might come across as somewhat surprising to docs, seeing as though my background is, is funnels, right? That, that's my whole thing. You would think I'd be the first one leading the charge to virtual practice, go virtual, go virtual. That's exactly not what I'm saying. There's a, there's a time and a place for that and even a strategy for that, but this whole like, okay, we're, we're doing this whole entire 100% shift, I think is gonna set a lot of ducks up, docs up for, I don't wanna say failure, but a lot of heartache and disappointment and frustration and, and gonna create some more problems for them that they may not anticipate. Does that make sense? Total, and I think it's probably worth diving into a couple of things that you said through there and, perhaps exploring what they're based upon in that, yeah. you know, yeah, they're incredible. They're, you know, this seems so obvious for me to be saying unprecedented times there too, but there's no expert out there that's suggesting that this is going to go on forever. And are we likely to have more of these episodes in the future? Then without a doubt, and will we get better at handling in the future? Then absolutely, certainly. When we look at 
you know, Australia is probably an interesting example here at the moment because we haven't been hit as heavily as some of the other places because we were able to react really quite quickly. And while practice has taken a bit of a whack here, it hasn't taken a whack to the same extent that it has perhaps in other places around the world. But let me clarify what Chad is talking about. You know, the, the, the two things that people are saying is, look, it, this is crazy you having a face-to-face -face practices. In the future, people aren't going to be able to come and see you. You know, you need to go all online and or you can in line in terms online in terms of selling courses, those kind of things there or telehealth. Now, I, I think there probably are some practitioners that are listening to this, that this might be a more of a feasible option for. But, you know, we'll have some dentists listen to this holistic dentists and chiropractors. As much as I feel like I share a bunch of really great, helpful health tips when my patients come in for an adjustment, let me be really clear. The reason they're coming in is for an adjustment. Like, that's it. You know, my dentist may be the same thing. You know, when I'm going along to see her, is she really helpful about the advice for me to look after my teeth and other things? Yes. But I'm going to see her because I want her doing stuff to my teeth. Now, if you're a naturopath, Chinese med practitioner, maybe a weight loss coach, those kind of things there too, where the information that you're sharing is exactly that. There's not hands-on work. Yeah. And there's possibly less of a case for us to be saying this also. So mm -hmm. think back to September 11. Uh, we shut down all the planes. It was like, are we never going to travel again? No, no, we got back to travelling, but there were some changes that happened, you know, yeah. fingerprints, scanners, a little bit longer lines through TSA, all that kind of stuff there too. But life pretty much returned to back as it was beforehand. I think the same will happen for us in practice as well, where there'll be some increased um, hygiene practices that we're encouraged to have, all of those kind of things there, yes. But this, the world as we know it, as you so beautifully articulated, it will come back to pretty much as we saw it beforehand. So on top of that too, for you to pivot fully, telehealth and or online practice is not just as simple as setting up Zoom and saying, patients call me. Like, first yeah. of all, what is, what, like, what is the value that you're going to have with that? How are you going to, do you even have an email list of your patients? Do you know how to put an email list together? Do you know how to go online and create a funnel like uh, Todd talked about beforehand to start to begin those relationships? Do you have an online way that you can actually collect money for people? Do you have a way that you, so, and I'm just, just touching on the surface of all the pieces, all the cogs that you need to put together to make mm. all of this happen. And as Todd articulated, by the time you put all of this together, you know, uh, to think that you're going to have that up and running in 12 weeks, if you have a, a really high digital IQ, you will, okay? But if you're, if you're new to this stuff and thinking that you can have this nailed and in that time to whilst we might not be back to the world as we know it, there'll be some consumer confidence come back. People will be coming back in for their adjustments. Your dental practice will be able to open up again there. And as Todd articulated again, is that you will have missed all the opportunity to continue to nurture the relationship. This will be like a boyfriend who you haven't called for the last right. four months. Right. Literally think about it, okay? If you've got a partner in your life now, a boyfriend or girlfriend, you haven't called them in the last four months, haven't spoken, haven't interacted in any way, and then all of a sudden practice comes back and you expect that you can call your partner again and say, uh, Tuesday night dinner down at uh, the Italian place like normal? Like right. your partner's going to look at you and for those of you that are watching the digital version, they're going to give you one of these, the middle yeah. finger, hard and fast and say, where were you? Yeah. You know? So 
Anything that you would add to that? I just wanted to kind of clarify a couple of bits and pieces. No, no, I I think that's perfect. I I would say, you know, now that I've kind of expressed the the kind of negative side of it, the thing thing that I would add now is I'll, I'll give you three very concrete examples, very specific of things that practitioners can do to pivot right now that I think will be, uh, set them up for huge opportunities for success. Um, and this is almost like, uh, the way that I would put this is almost like a a challenge to the docs, almost like an, I dare you. And I don't mean this to sound insulting, although it's probably going to sound insulting. The vast majority of people who hear this won't do anything. They just won't. Okay. And that's not to be insulting. That's to hopefully create a certain level of excitement for you because what that means is there is immense opportunity for the few that do, right? This is classic uh, Seth Godin. If you've read his book, The Dip, you know, basically Mm -hmm. He talks about how anytime there's difficulty or a barrier to entry anywhere, it means that on the other side of that dip, the barrier, the challenge, the dip itself, there's immense opportunity. And so I preface what I'm about to say here by helping docs understand. Um, I, this is, and, and just so they know, like I'm practicing what I preach and that this is what I'm doing. I'll just be an open book for them so that they can see kind of the areas that we're focusing on moving forward with our practice. Number one, the biggest opportunity uh, I believe moving forward in your practice is going to be in rallying around supporting and providing immense value for other local businesses. Um, There's a golden opportunity there. In fact, not to plug it, but I'll just go ahead and plug it real quick. Um, I got, I was fortunate enough, and I don't care if you guys get it through my affiliate link or whatever, but uh, Traffic Secrets one of the one of the biggest takeaways that he gives in here is this idea, this concept of a dream 100. Dream 100 is basically looking for strategic partnerships that you can create to really help you in terms of traffic. Think about this. If you're a brick and mortar service-based business in your community, I guarantee you, you could find at least 10, if not more like 20, 30, or 40 different potential strategic partnerships that all have audiences that you can tap into. So CrossFit gyms, dentists, orthodontists, uh, other sorts of gyms, uh, medical professionals, um, different like, you know, smoothies, things like that. Get creative, think outside the box, look at different places that you can rally together. And there's so many different ways that you could do this that don't have to be complicated at all. They don't require much, if any, technology. It just requires a little bit of sweat equity and a little bit of outside the box creative thinking. So you could take like, let's say three or four different strategic partnerships, a dentist, a CrossFit gym, uh, a martial arts studio and a smoothie place or whatever. And you say, we're going to plan an event together and we're going to promote it just to our audiences and mingle that together. And we're going to have an event. We're going to put that event on. And at the event, we're going to allow everybody to extend some sort of a special offer to the audience that's there. You get several hundred people there. You walk away with literally 20 to 30 new patients coming through your doors as a result of that event that you put together. Plus you co-mingle and share the, the people that register for the event. Now you guys can each have a, a much bigger audience because you're co-mingling those audiences together. Or you could simply do something like rally together with them and promote each other's businesses to your audience as a way of getting new patients or growing that audience size or whatever. Uh, what we're doing is we're actually going a step further. We're creating a 
uh, local live uh, show where we're going to feature a new business each Friday and we're going to be doing it on Facebook Live. We're going to be giving away a free raffle prize uh, and then that business, whoever we feature, is going to extend some sort of a limited time special offer to the audience. And we're going to grow that list. We're going to have them promote it to their audience. We're going to promote it to our audience. And all the while, we're growing this list <clears throat> of local leads there. That's, that's our strategy. So stepping back, number one opportunity, rallying together with local businesses, working with them, uh, old school, just, just old school marketing there, just getting rolling up your sleeves and going to work. I think that is the single greatest opportunity. Those who take advantage of that and those who are willing to hustle in that regard are going to crush it, period. Yeah. Okay, That's opportunity number one. Can, with regards to too, I want to just touch on that too, because when you talked about creating your event with the first group there too, would that be a post kind of isolation event? Oh, totally. Got? Yes. Yeah, I just wanted totally. to double. I, I want to share with you here because it, it fits exactly into that. I'm going to give a shout out to this dude because he's just a rock star. Chris Cameron is his name, a chiropractor. If, I've, if, if you're not happy with me using his name and the time this comes out, I will have edited it. Here's <laughs> what Chris is doing, right? Now tell me how cool that he's... He's going around to all the businesses in his area and he's actually starting the service area of businesses, the restaurants and the coffee shops, uh, things like that too. And he's going into them and he's putting a hundred dollar tab down. Okay. And then he's, his whole program is put it on Dr. Chris's tab. So it gets in there, interviews the business, says, hey, this is Bill's coffee shop. Bill, how long have you been here for? What's your best drink? Why should people come in and see you? And when they do come inside there to remember five bucks per person, put it on Dr. Chris's tab is all you need. Love to it. Now, he love then it. creates that video. He boosts it out there too. He's building absolute raving fans. So he has people in his community at this stage that are not patients of his that are saying this. The Chamber of Commerce in his area thinks he's an absolute rock star because he's out bringing everybody together. Yep. Now, he will have this strategy at least for the next 12 weeks. We talked about it. It'll gain strength. So he's budgeting 1200 bucks that he's spending on. That's his advertising strategy as opposed to putting it on Facebook ads or something else. Now, he, he is already getting new people coming to him, reaching out. At the end of this, I heard Dean Jackson, a great marketing dude the other day, say, what Chris will be is Chris will be five-mile famous, okay, which means in his area, within that five-mile radius, Chris will be a rock star. When he yep. gets to the other end of here and things start to open up and people are looking for a chiropractor, man, I hope you're not competing against Chris because he's going to have, he's, he's using this now to build an audience. Really simple. It's cool and helpful. It's a, it fits so nice into that kind of first strategy that you talked about before, but yep. clever yep. thinking. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, so opportunity number one, do, 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 what, do what Angus just said. Seriously, do that. Just do that. Well, that's Rally one that can work people. now when you can't get groups of people together. You know, that's how you could joint venture with people. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah, exactly. Because most restaurants, even here on shutdown, most restaurants will still do delivery. Yes. So, so, so that's a huge opportunity there. And it doesn't have to be just a restaurant, but yeah, restaurants would be an easy one to go with. That's, that's huge. Right. And that's the whole idea, right? Is that you want to become known as like a person of value, right? And so that's that uh, Albert Einstein quote, right? Don't, don't, don't look to become a person of success, but rather be, look to become a person of value. Nice. Yeah, what a great quote.
Love it. Kind of, that kind of deals into opportunity. Yeah, oh, I love that quote, right? So opportunity number two that I would say to them is niche specific marketing, okay? And I'm gonna get really specific when I say that, right? Because people are like, duh, I know niche specific marketing. Um, so, so the idea is this. One of the biggest kind of soapboxes that I've had over the years for docs is that you, and, and I don't care if this is for chiropractors, naturopaths, dentists, whoever, right? The, one of the biggest problems that I see is that they misunderstand the opportunity through their role, right? Most chiropractors think of themselves one way or another as a chiropractor. Most dentists, and that makes sense, right? Most dentists think of themselves as dentists. Most uh, orthodontists as orthodontists, plumbers as plumbers, accountants as accountants, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? When I say niche specific marketing, I mean something very highly specific, and that is this. The term that I use, and I'll explain it and kind of unpack it, is you need to think of yourself first and foremost with what you do as a solutions curator. You are a solutions curator. And what I mean by that is you need to look at a problem and say, how can we solve that problem better than anybody else, right? And most of the time, most docs, chiropractors I'm talking specifically, will sell themselves short because what they'll do is they'll say, well, we have this one thing we have this laser or this piece of equipment or this thing or that thing or whatever rather than taking the time to be creative about it and actually legitimately curate a turnkey solution right a comprehensive approach that is just so stacked with value in terms of how it addresses that solution in a more comprehensive or unique or efficient or uh, effective manner than anybody else, right? And again, this requires, I think, some creative thinking and or maybe even some brainstorming with your team, but the types of conversations that need to be had do not need to be difficult or complicated conversations. They simply need to be, okay, team, you know, gather around for those who are watching, right? We're gonna gather around the whiteboard here, and what we're gonna do is we're gonna say, if a person struggling with problem XYZ came into our clinic, what could we do for them that would be totally unbelievable, that would totally just would rock their world in such a good way to where their experience that they had with us was so unbelievably powerful? Well, it would start with this, and then maybe we could add in this. Oh, what we could do. And, and the best way to do this so that you don't, um, so you don't stifle the creativity and or the, the effectiveness of the brainstorming is start without any filtering on. Do it in terms of if there were no limitations, if you could literally do anything, and then allow the process to be refined, much like a funnel, right? Throw any idea, even if the ideas seem crazy, just start jotting the ideas down in terms of how you might be able to do that. And then from there, then you can start kind of reining in in terms of the various constraints of reality in terms of time, money, resources, et cetera, et cetera, all those different things. But what you can start to do though, is I think what, what most docs would find, I think they'd be very surprised, is how much more comprehensive of a solution they could curate for those people with those specific problems. And so then what happens now is that you've got a very powerful decommoditized solution, right? Most, most service providers, and again, this goes beyond chiropractors, but we are guilty of this, are viewed by the community as a commodity, right? A chiropractor is a, a chiropractor. The, the operative term in commodity is it's interchangeable, or at least the perception is interchangeable. I could go to Angus here, or I could go to Tony, 
uh, down the road and same thing. They're both chiropractors, doesn't matter, you know, but all of a sudden, if you actually start marketing actual turnkey comprehensive solutions for niche specific problems, you completely become something of an anomaly in a very powerful way. Well, we go to Angus because he's the only one in the valley or in the area that has the such and such program for this particular problem, right? And so in terms of problems, it just depends on what you're passionate about, right? It could be thyroid, people with thyroid problems. It could be knee, knee pain. It could be neuropathy. It could be diabetes. It could be weight-related problems. It could be uh, endocrine disorders. It could be autoimmune issues. It could be musculoskeletal problems. It could be shoulder problems. It could be carpal tunnel issues. I mean, just whatever, you know, whatever the things are that you're really good at or you want to get good at, um, it's really a simple matter, you know, of that. And even more specific for them in terms of if they're, might that look like? Well, think about it in two parts. Think about the in-office strategies and think about the at-home strategies. You could divide it into two different categories. So what are some things that we could provide for them at home? Well, maybe there is some type of a specific app that you could tap into that could give them at-home nutritional advice or an at-home weight loss program. Maybe it's an at-home meditation program that could help um, where they could track and monitor their progress. You know, there's that Muse headband that you can use that'll help with uh, neurofeedback or biofeedback, you know. Um, you know, so including those sorts of things into the program, um, you could have a nutritional component. Like I said, you could have some type of a passive therapy that could be done at your clinic, a tool of some sort, you know. And so you're starting to think in terms of, again, that whole idea of becoming a solutions curator rather than just a commodity. So mm -hmm. that's, in my opinion, that's num opportunity number two is those who have better solutions for niche specific problems uh, are going to be the winners moving forward. Yeah, uh, I like him. Um, I, I mentioned Dean Jackson beforehand. He's, I have a man crush on Dean Jackson. He has <laughs> this saying where he says this, what would you do for your patient? What would you do if you didn't get paid until they got the result? So the only way that you were going to get paid um, is if I got them the result. And so inside of all those examples you talked about, it can then start to trigger our brain to, you know, as you're thinking through as, you know, as Chad brought up all those things before, you know, what can I do to solve the problem? Ask yourself that question. If I only got paid at the end, once that person lost the weight, got rid of their headache, was able to get their child off the antibiotics. And that can start to get some of that creative thinking um, as, as you move forward. I love that concept of how can I solve a problem better than anybody else? That's yeah. So yeah. far. Have you got another one to share with us? Third one, this one's going to be a lot faster. Okay. Uh, turnkey, simple weight loss. Uh, that by far moving forward. And, and here's why I'll, I'll tell you why. And I'll cite docs to one simple thing. There was a study that was just published that showed that the number one risk factor, I literally just read this today. In fact, we've got an email going out to our patients on Monday telling them this. The number one risk factor in New York, and I think we could extrapolate this beyond just New York, but they studied New York. The number one risk factor for coronavirus hospitalizations, besides age, right, was obesity. Wow. Obesity Not a surprise, but one, wow. You know, and that shouldn't sound surprising to us. Mm -hmm. Like, that makes sense. And so... The point being, like you said, you, you said earlier, like there, there's, a, there's a window. And I think that's the thing. We have a, a very narrow window here that we can play on. Uh, and that window is going to fade to where people, it, it becomes less important to them. And if we capitalize now on that window of getting people's minds conscious about the fact that, look, losing weight is going to have a massive impact 
on your body's ability to fight off infection, on your body's ability to recover from infection and or maintain high levels of health moving forward. And I, I would argue, you know, besides chiropractic adjustments and everything we do as chiropractors, if you had to, if you could only do one thing to make a massive difference in someone's health, only one thing I would argue there's, there's very little uh, in terms of impact or effect that you would have on somebody that could be greater than losing, getting them to lose weight. Um, so many other things would fall into play with that. And so I'm not necessarily advocating a specific program, although I certainly have my own recommendations for docs. Um, and I'm not going to use this opportunity, <laughs> use your, your uh, marketing podcast to market my thing. But I would simply say, get plugged into a good, proven, solid weight loss program that can deliver the goods. And that's going to fit and dovetail just about any type of practice um, because the the majority of the patients that are coming through, especially those dealing with musculoskeletal problems, no doubt need to lose weight. And so that would be my third recommendation for them is focus on weight loss, but specifically around the context of that conversation of weight loss or being overweight being a risk factor for people. They need to know that. And not I'm not talking about using fear tactics or scare tactics. I'm just saying that's at the top of the mind. People want to know what they can do when the if and when the time comes when something else comes around. And getting to a healthy weight is something everybody can do proactively to help them be better prepared for if and when another epidemic comes. And so now's the time to be communicating that to people. Great. And so, Chad, with that third option through there, so if I have, was a, a chiropractor listening to this, or maybe even a dentist, okay, like how am I turning, is, are you suggesting that this is a conversation I'm having with my existing patients, uh, which I can see there too, to help them navigate through this? How could we turn somebody that began a relationship with us under the weight loss banner, how can I turn that into a person that eventually wants to see me to have their teeth cleaned, eventually wants to see me for chiropractic care, naturopathic care? It might be a little bit more obvious to go down some of those paths. But how, how do you see that happening? Yeah, I, I think it's really, again, we don't need to overcomplicate this. I think it's a matter of looking at them from the very get-go in terms of their ultimate goal of where they want to get to. Mm -hmm right? And then how, how do you fit into that equation, right? So if they started with you, you're, the question is if they started from the level of weight loss, right? Mm. Right. So, okay, let's say they start there, which for us is, is a little bit flip-flop, but that's okay. Mm. You know, it's like, so in our practice, let's say they came in primarily just because of weight loss first. Mm. It's a simple matter of having that conversation with them of what are your long-term health goals? You know, okay, well, you, we, we obviously know you want to lose weight, but beyond that, what else? Well, I want to run a, a marathon, hypothetically. Okay. And what's standing in your way besides weight? Well, uh, I've had this ankle issue for a long time and this knee issue. Oh, okay. Well, it just so happens that we've got a solution for that too. So let's talk about that once we kind of start getting you, getting some momentum with you in terms of getting the weight off, then let's talk about this. Or we can talk about it at the same time, whatever makes the most sense for your approach in your practice. But I think the, the simple answer, the most straightforward answer in my opinion, would be to have that conversation at the very beginning and get on the same page in terms of what their goals are and where you fit in that equation in terms of being uh, a, a health coach for them, you know, mm. uh, a, a guide or providing, providing value for them and helping serve them, you know, yeah. how that fits. So, so let me clarify again. So, cause that third option you said terms simple, easy, I'm totally with you that if the vast majority of the world lost weight, their blood pressure comes down, their blood chemistry okay. improves, you know, you name it from there too. It would certainly help the resilience of the immune system also. 
And so if, if I were, are you suggesting that we could just start putting some content out there that's helping people with that and start to, in the same way that Chris before is building no like and trust by heading to his local cafes, I'm building no like and trust by this kind of stuff. And then through some of my content, I could be saying to these people, hey, listen, if you're overweight, then it's quite possible that you're noticing that your knees are sore, your ankles sore too. And maybe that's what's stopping you from exercising. We can help you out with that also. Is that kind of part of the strategy where you're suggesting? Yeah. I mean, so there are a number of different ways that you can do it. You know, in an ideal world, and I'm not perfect at this, so I'm not going to try and preach like I am, but theoretically speaking, in an ideal world, what you would do is you would put out a series of three or four different videos talking about strategies for getting to an optimal weight, right? And you would set as your strategy on that in Facebook video views, right? And what you're doing is you're not necessarily doing that to get new patients per se, but what you're doing is you're doing it to create awareness, right? You're creating and aggregating an audience basically because Facebook has it super easy. Like anybody can do it. It's not complicated um, to where you can send out a video and then you can retarget that audience based off of their engagement with the first video. So then video number two, we could say, we want to target people who have at least watched 50% of video number one. Mm. And then video number three, okay, we want to make sure that we target just the people who engage with both video number one and video number two. And all the while, imagine you're amassing this audience, so to speak, because Facebook will collect that data for you. And then what you could do is on the back end of that after, let's say, two months or three months, you know, depending upon how long you want to go order, you could extend out a special offer to them to come into your clinic for a weight loss consultation or you could send out an offer to come to a weight loss class. You know, the thing that I would say though too is, and this is what we're doing is we are just simply sending out a message to our patient base because they know us, they like us and hopefully they trust us. So we're sending out a, a, a uh, an email to them promoting an actual class that we're doing virtually and the program that we have for weight loss doesn't require them to be in our office. As I would argue, probably most weight loss programs don't. Mm -hmm. So I think that fits the bill very nicely for uh, satisfying both the, you know, planning the practice and whatnot, but at the same token, helping virtual so that when things do get back online, people who are losing weight or whatnot are still going to need chiropractic care. Yeah. Uh, and your messaging hasn't changed at all. You're still there uh, ready to serve them when they're, when things get back online. And so now you're not caught in that kind of in between. You haven't put all your eggs into the, I'm going to start an online weight loss business, you know, whereas that's going to help and you can grow the two together synergistically. Yeah, love it. And I, so I'm, I'm clear that this, you know, particularly the easiest strategy to implement with regards to the weight loss stuff is have that be a conversation added value that you're having with your ongoing uh, patients there also. With regards to, the, you know, it's, it's another example of that metaphor I talked about before of any relationship if we weren't keeping in constant contact with our significant other over those weeks. This is yeah. one of the ways that Chad is keeping in contact and adding massive amounts of, of value. Chad, dude, that's our time. So thank you. So much for, uh, we've got three killer strategies in, in, inside of there also. And I think too, I, I, I want to just um, perhaps wind up statement here and then I'll, I'll let you kind of finish up there too. <clears throat> Chad and I, I feel like I can talk on behalf of both of us here, aren't saying that an online business isn't a really legitimate business business model. We're also not saying that telehealth might not be a thing of the future. I think what both of us are really saying though is don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. You can exactly. dovetail some of these things in together. Things will return back to a normal, inverted commas, with new changes inside of there. That setting up any new business takes time, effort, and energy. 
I'm not a fan of thinking that you can do it through a side hustle. I don't know of any successful entrepreneur that's built a business through a side hustle. I, I literally only know people who've done it through blood, sweat and tears as, as well. I, I think one of the most misleading things that you can be told is, hey, just on the side here, you can set up your business. When your focus goes from one area or onto a new area, you're moving it from another area. So you, you can't do successfully both these things at once or at least I, I can't and I've not seen uh, you know any evidence that that's the case there too you do need to start to dive into the world of digital communication though that's something that, that both Chad and I are very bullish on if you don't have a way of emailing your audience if you don't have a way of getting videos to them you know if you don't know how to do a video views campaign like Chad talked about beforehand then now is the time for you to learn how to do these things yeah. too. So that when the time comes that our practices open back up again, <clears throat> excuse me, there is a tidal wave that has been chasing for you that is ready to kind of crash and your practice will bounce back also. So what do you want to add to that? <clears throat> excuse me, gang. What do you want to no. add to that? In uh... two, two, two closing thoughts, and hopefully I can do this kind of quickly here. Uh, to quote uh, Alex Sharfin, who's a, a uh, somebody I follow, I'm sure you know who he is. He's a business thought leader. Um, he was quoting um, uh, Napoleon Hill from Think, uh, from Think and Grow Rich. And he basically said that with every challenge comes an equal or greater opportunity. And so I would have people understand that. Take that kind of mentality and mindset. Don't focus on the gloom and doom and the negativity. It's real easy to get sucked into that in thinking that the sky is falling, that nothing will ever be good again and nothing will ever be the same. No, things will be good again. And to that end, I'll tell you, I'll share you kind of personally, I had a conversation with my father who I really, really look up to. He's a very, probably one of the most well-read men I've ever known in my entire life. I mean, he's a very brilliant man. Uh, and he shared something with me that I thought from a historical perspective was very insightful and very optimistic that I want to believe and hope for moving forward into the future. He said, you know, you look at the year 1918 when the last pen, real legitimate pandemic came through, uh, you know, the most modest estimates, the most conservative estimates show that around 17.5 million people died from the Spanish flu right back in the 1918. And not only that, but compound that with the fact that that was just coming off of the heels of World War One which was at the time unprecedented in terms of deaths and in terms of the magnitude and the impact on the world and the world economy. And just think about all the fear and the uncertainty that arose as a result of those different events that took place then. But my dad said something very profound that I thought was really cool that I wanted to share with everybody else. He said, what happened right after 1918? He says, what happened was an era of unprecedented ec economic prosperity known as the Roaring Twenties. And he said, and that was largely due to the fact that people came back with a renewed appreciation for life and a renewed appreciation for the little things. Mm. And he said, people wanted to get back to normal as quickly as possible. And so that would be the thing that I would hope for. I'm not suggesting that this is my prophecy uh, other than this is my hope. And, and, and looking back at history, if there's one thing that we have seen from let's say 1918, it is that people want desperately to get back to normal. And when a crisis, and, and we can look at that, not even that far back, look at 9-11, you know what I mean? Uh, when there's crisis, it causes people to reevaluate their priorities. It causes people to uh, gain a greater sense and appreciation for things that matter most. And among those are going to be people's health. 
And so I think there's going to be a reawakening uh, within the collective thinking in terms of what they need to do to take better care of themselves and their family members. And I think that's a, an incredible opportunity moving forward. And so I hope that that is the case moving forward with uh, what we're dealing with now is that we will see uh, a significant resurgence of prosperity for chiropractors as well as all other small business owners. And so um, rally together with your other fellow chiropractors and other small business owners to really help uh, bring that to pass. So that would be my closing thought. Beautiful thoughts. If our audience wants to follow up with you afterwards, which I'm sure many of them, if not most of them will, where's the best spot for them to find you, Chad? Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Um, uh, just shoot me a friend request if they want to, Chad Molnar, or uh, they can even shoot me an email if they've got specific questions for me, chad at chirofunnelsecrets.com. Yep. Gang, I'll make sure I have all of those notes in uh, the show notes, all those links in the show notes. Buddy, thanks for being so generous with your time today. I do look forward to the time that I can host you down here in Aussie. My love to uh, you and your family, and thank you for all that you continue to do. But see you soon, mate. Bye. See ya. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to come and check out the Community Influencer Program. It's my monthly coaching program where we take all this material and I'll work one-on-one -on -one with you to apply, implement, systematize, and help guide you and your practice to the next level. Now, you can join me on over at adiomedia.com forward slash join. That's adiomedia.com forward slash join. I'd love to see you in there.